ho world and welcome to a very merry fuck off jack don't, don't laugh at me for doing i'm trying to i'm trying to add something to the show because it's the last one before christmas and uh i come in with a you know a little bit of merriment and jack john laughs at me we're, we're, i didn't we're here expect for a, it we're here for a very christmas episode of uh here's a guy um and uh something unusual you may notice is that for the first time since I believe all the way back in episode 15, we are a two-man operation this week. Uh, Cody got called in. Well, I, actually, Cody's not here, and I um, I only heard rumors, and I think Jack John... Um, Jack John, I, th- I think you may have a little more info than me. Do, do you know why Cody's not here this week? Yeah, yeah. So Cody Cody texted me uh, today at lunch. We, we usually talk about lunch, you know what we're going to have, you know, little, little girl chit-chat, you know, that kind of thing. Being out of the office is hard, so we, we try to make up for that right and and cody texted me and he said today i think i'm gonna have taco bell for lunch and i think i'm going to eat 13 quesaritos Mm -hmm. and and i said cody that's 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 four more than you usually eat i don't think that's a good pull i don't think you should eat 13 quesaritos and i won't i won't go into the exact specific specificity of it uh but uh 14 text messages later a, a tirade of uh, insults and derogatory names later cody ordered his 14 quesaritos and i'm i'm sad to give you the news that he shit out his entire colon and uh the doctors said he'll make a full recovery uh they're just gonna you know get like some command strips and put it back up there so he'll be back next week but uh for the time being he is colonless so uh, thoughts and prayers well, for what it's worth, I heard something similar, except uh, I also heard that uh, when his colon fell out, uh, a bunch of girls uh, saw it and uh, laughed at him. Yeah, his, so. his pants were already down. So so that part, yeah. luckily, he was uh, he didn't have as to often, fall down and then have that happen. As often is the case when he goes to Taco Bell. Yes. Quesaritos are pretty fucking good, though. Honestly, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, honestly, I could probably go for like four quesaritos right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had one last week. It was tremendous. Uh, well, you know, just a good reminder to all of you that uh, in this... In this season of excess, it's good to know your limitations. Um, and uh, uh, happy, uh, happy recovery to Cody as he uh, uh, as he nurses his uh, his devastated butthole. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we we push on though, and uh, it, it's me and Jack John this week, and and we have uh, two uh, very fun topics. One which is Christmas related, one which is not, but I think is fun anyway. Um, but we uh, we wanted to uh, get some other stuff out of the way first. Um, since it is the holiday season, um, we have a little game that we played, uh, I believe, about a year ago. And we haven't played since, but we, we want to bring it back for all of you. You may recall we, uh, in an opening segment last year, did a little bit called Am I the Grinch? Which where I presented um, a couple of things that happened that uh, out in public that really pissed me off. And I couldn't decide whether... I was justified in being pissed off or not. So the goal here is not, it's not to bring something where you know that you're in the right. Yeah. It's something where you may be in the right, you may be in the wrong, you're just looking for a second opinion. Um, so let, let's play a little game of Am I the Grinch? And Jack John both have, uh, have one to bring to the table. And uh, I do want to pull the curtain back a little bit, as I, as I sometimes do, and point out that when I texted Jack to suggest that we play Am I the Grinch, Jack's response was, I'm down for it. I went grocery shopping today, so I'm still half rage-filled. So this ought to be good. Jack, John, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, so I, I as, as alluded to, I did go to the grocery store today. Um, 
there's about to be a huge winter storm as well as it being the week of Christmas. So everyone right. has lost their goddamn minds. Uh, but we're we're doing a, a little like uh, appetizer pitch in potluck thing with some family. So I needed to get some odds and ends. And I get to the grocery store and it's, do you know, like when you go to the store and you, you just like intentionally park further back because you just don't want to fuck with people? Oh, yeah. In yeah. fact, Sarah and I talk about this. I I operate on the theory I will park farther away to get a less crowded parking spot every single time. Absolutely. Those extra few rows mean absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, well, I had to literally park in a different parking lot. I may as well have parked in like the fast food restaurant across the street. I was Agreed. so far back, which which doesn't bother me. I'm fine. I can use the exercise. But the sea of just dumb humanity in the store really just irked me in a way that I was like, I was OK just being the guy who makes a scene. I didn't. I thought about it, though. I had the thought in my mind of what are the actual legal like ramifications of me just yelling fuck off to everybody in the middle of the store? Is that actually a crime? I, I had that going for me at that point. It's not a crime. I, I can promise you that. Yeah. Um, could there be other consequences? <laughs> That's certainly a possibility. Yeah. Well, so so I get I get to like the back of the store where all the dairy is. And there is zero cheese. Like cheese is just does not exist. Mm. And there's there's also no like biscuits. And one of the things that we were going to do is literally just like mozzarella cheese in biscuits and just do kind of like a little white trash Christmas tree. So that's a that's an that's an Indiana dish if I've ever. Heard. Yeah, no, it was going to be great. Going to be great. Uh, they were out of both of those things. And I just like. Because of my lack of filter, I literally just went, oh, God damn it. Very, very loudly. Um, that's going to be my first of uh, Am I the Grinch for just yelling, God damn it, in the middle of the store. So does it make you a Grinch for yelling, God damn it, in the grocery store? I think is is entirely context dependent. I think in most cases, you know, you know, especially in a time when it's, you know, it's busy. Yeah. Um, everybody's just kind of trying to get through it. And most of the time you, you kind of just got to keep it to yourself, but being out of cheese, that's a tough break. Yeah. I mean, you want to have cheese around it. I mean, when you want cheese or you want to do something with cheese, like you can't get around that, you know, it's your whole plan is, is fucked. Yeah. And you don't expect for it to be out of cheese because yeah. like, Think about when you go to the grocery store, how much cheese you usually see. Yeah. Like a whole wall of it. So, um, no, I, I think ordinarily um, you would be the Grinch, but but in this circumstance, yeah. no, I don't think you are. Yeah. I think everyone should have understood. Yeah. Uh, for, for my second of three, I'm going to bring three to the table. Um, there was a woman who was like in one of like the cold doors and she was just absolutely just in the way. And I needed to get one thing and she probably didn't take more than a minute. But she stood with her body entirely in front of the door oh. and could not make up her mind. And, and bless this sweet old lady grabbed like there was like a little bit of cheese and she grabbed like a block of cheese and looked at it and put it back and looked at it and did this three total times. And I could feel how unpleasant I looked while just staring at this old woman making up her mind, while I could see the exact item that I needed right above her head. And I I didn't barge in and just, like, I like I waited. I was very patient. But I could... She didn't look at me, luckily, because I probably would have given her a look of, like, have you never been to a fucking store before? Am, am I the Grinch here? 
Are you the Grinch for for staring daggers at an old lady who's trying to make up her mind about whether the one block of cheese is the block of cheese that she really wants? Um, from the sound of it, I, I'm gonna get. I, I don't think this is a terrible Grinch, but I'm gonna say that you're you're kind of Grinchy here, and I, I assume most of that is because of the the other horrible circumstances of the store today. But yeah. you know, the, the, we have to put a qualifier on it when it's old people. Around. Right. Right. Like I get I get very annoyed. Like my constant annoyance, I think literally every time I go to the store, like at least a dozen times I'm in the store, is people in the store have no spatial reasoning. Oh no. Do you know what I mean? It's like I maybe I'm too self aware. You you could make that argument. Yeah. But like people do things and they just post up and put their things in places and it's like, have you not considered for a moment that how many people you might be inconveniencing right it, it's like that like old like the midwest meme where it's like somebody could bump into me and i would apologize like you, you gotta like consider like where you are like like it's dumb but like my head's on a swivel when i'm in the store i'm trying to get shit oh, yeah. and get out i'm not trying to post up yeah. and look at fucking a block of cracker barrel cheese for 45 minutes right right so i understand that frustration quite well generally yeah. in this circumstance i think you know, I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that on a normal day, maybe this wouldn't have gotten to you. But, you know, objectively speaking, we have to, you know, attach the qualifier when it's an old person. Yeah, they're old. They don't know <laughs> what's going on, yeah. really. Um, and, you know, I will probably be a terrified old man puttering around someday thinking too hard about my cheese choices because, like, yeah. that could be the last block of cheese I ever eat. Yeah. So, um I, I think this lady, you, you just got to forgive her. Um, you know, she only has so much cheese left to go. She needs to yeah. be extra discerning. I understand that. Totally fair. I, I didn't think of, of her mortality as as a inconvenience on her at the time. I should have been more aware. Next time I see an old person like eating cheese and like it's bad, she's like, oh, no, you don't want to die with that cheese, do you? Right. Right. So I think you're, you're grinchy unless we want to, you know, set a rule that, um, you know, it, it's automatically not grinchy to you know be upset at the interactions with old people doing uh weird things which yeah you can you there's an argument to be made there you can maybe sell me on that but yeah. i'm not there at this time so and um that's my stance on that and and the last uh last scenario that i'll posit uh i was leaving uh, i had had like a lovely conversation with a dad and his kid who like as i was leaving he pulled up and he was like how bad is it inside and i was like you're not gonna have a good time in there and like I got in my car, packed up all my shit, and I like I was in a spot where I was backing out basically almost into traffic. Uh, it wasn't a really good parking spot. I was that far away from the store where it stopped being like okay to park there and expect like common decency right of way kind of thing. So I right. I like took my time, made sure all of the cars had passed, and I got my car about like a third of the way out, and this person who could clearly see me like slows down and then just continues driving past me as I'm trying to back out. Um, I then yelled all of the obscenities that I could from the safety of my car. And as I backed out the rest of the way after they had passed, I continued to flip them off very, very openly and, and very, very proudly for about a full minute. Yeah. Am I the Grinch? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I give a pass to, Unless you're causing an accident, I give a pass to people road raging, generally speaking, because I am god awful about road rage. Yeah. I will fully admit, I get I get dark. I think I've talked <laughs> about this. Before. 
Yeah. I get very like dark and philosophical with my road rage. Um, and so, no, you're not the Grinch here. Um, you, it, it's got to be something really bad for you to not be the Grinch when, <laughs> you know, it's a stupid traffic interaction, especially in a high stress situation, like just leaving a crowded store, getting home from work. Yeah. Um, I, I could give you a list a mile long of the people who have fucked me over on the roads <laughs> this past year, especially since I've started working in St. Louis County now. Yeah. You would not believe some of the things I witness. You know, the, the type of driver who has really risen to the top of my shit list, because for a long time, the top of my shit list was people who don't use turn signals. Um, then when I was driving a long commute, I, there were some others like, you know, people blocking both lanes of the interstate, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but my, my, na my new least favorite, and I see this, I see this, it's not an everyday occurrence, but you see it sometimes. It's the people who, actually at first it was the people who take fucking forever to get from a lane into a turn lane. Yeah. And you just have to like, you know, slow to a crawl. Like, I don't know what's possibly taken that long. Yeah. That rubbed me the wrong way, but I've actually encountered a few people who literally just don't get all the way in the turn lane. Oh. Like, you know the, you know the scenario I'm picturing? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you're on a surface street. It's like a four-lane surface street, two each way, and then a turn lane in the middle. Yeah. A turn lane, if you don't know, is a <laughs> lane in the middle that you get into if you're going to turn. Right? Very complex, but I think I'm picturing it. Right. So, um, by virtue of that, you are getting out of the lane that you're in. Because you're no longer driving down that lane. And whoever else is driving down that lane uh, can can get past you. Am, am I wrong about this? I love that I'm getting like a vague like picture into lawyer Alex. Where it's, so if we're in a scenario where there is a turn lane, you're telling me that if you're in that, you're turning, right? Yeah, th th this is what I do in my car. I, I cross-examine <laughs> these people, which is psycho. That's how, me. How often but. does like your like like the back of your brain like come in and go? That's leading the witness. <laughs> like you're, you're you're bringing down your I'm, own argument while you're having it. Listen, I'm crossing them. I can lead. I can lead with questions on cross. Okay. 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 In fact, that's the standard form. Um, not to get all legal bullshit on you. But, <laughs> no, uh, I'm here I'm for it. I'm here for it. You don't lead questions in a direct examination, and direct examination would imply these people are on my side, and they're <laughs> not because they're terrible monsters. So, but I've had it a few times where someone is in front of me, and they're getting into the turn lane and they just don't get fully into it before they come to a stop. Yeah. How, how, <laughs> how do you like remember how to breathe? If, if this is how careless you are and both times it's been like very fortunate that I've had a slight break in the lane next to me that I'm able to right. go around them because otherwise I'm getting in an accident with somebody. Right. You have to like actively go out of your way to continue your right, own right. Like forward momentum because because they cannot get six more inches into the turn lane. Look, these guys have been lying about six inches their whole life. I don't think they're going to realize what it is now. Christ Almighty! So that's not my am I the Grinch because I know I'm right. Yeah. I don't even need I, to ask the question. If, if we can if we can continue one traffic related thing, my biggest pet peeve in driving, and I don't drive much anymore. I work from home. I go to the grocery store. I go to the gym. That's all the time I leave my house. My biggest one, and it could just be because Indianapolis has been under construction for a decade. I understand but, that, yeah. Like, when you know it's going to go from two lanes or however many lanes down to one lane, 
The people who wait until the very, very, very last minute to cut off all of the traffic and are the reason oh, there is the traffic to begin with. Yeah. Absolutely drive me fucking nuts. Merging alone, I could spend oh, I yeah. could spend a whole episode of here's a guy <laughs> talking about merging. It's like let me just I I think in Missouri, like to get a driver's license, you have to fail the driver's <laughs> exam. It's... I think that's how it must be because the the, fa- the number of people that don't understand them, it's the simplest fucking thing. It's a zipper. Yeah. It's that's so easy. Yeah. And all it needs to work is to not have anybody try and jump in front of anybody and yeah. fuck the whole thing. You, up. And it always happens. We alternate. You go, I go. I'll let somebody like merge in if there's one room and two if they need room and they're not being a dickhole about it. But the number <sighs> of people who like. While I'm at a stop and I see going like still full speed, like passing 25 cars, fuck you. Or people who won't let me over when I'm trying to get like out of a, a lane that's going to close. Like, you yeah. fuck, like, like, how much does that one spot in line right. mean to you? Right. That you're willing to <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And also, a lot of times when I'm doing this, so on my morning commute when I've drank a, a shitload of coffee and I haven't eaten anything yet. <laughs> you so you can imagine. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, sorry. I just had to take a large swig of my beer to, to bring myself back <laughs> I, to this. I, I need this downer to like counteract the Red Bull I had while writing my script today. Right, right. So that's not my Grinch because, again, I, I know I'm right about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do have a question uh, for you. Okay. So just this morning... Um, there's a little uh, uh, bakery, like a, like you know, there's bread bakeries and there's like sweets bakeries. Yeah. It's like a sweets bakery. It's like, like just a short walk from my my house, and I've been there a few times. Um, and I want to preface all this by saying, I have the utmost respect for service. <laughs> oh workers, okay? no! Let's start with that. And in <laughs> fact, I've gotten really good service from this place every other time I've been in there. In fact, one time I went in with a, a what was you know, could be interpreted as kind of a. Not a dumb question, like an inconvenient question. Yeah. I went in and I did buy something other than this, but then so my poor grandmother, she has a gluten allergy and a dairy allergy and a chocolate allergy. Oh, okay? no. Finding finding sweets for her is, is tough. Yeah. And so I did. I just threw it at the, the person working there at the front counter. Yeah. I'm like, do you, ha- do you sell anything that has no gluten or dairy or chocolate? And they said no, but this guy recommended me like some like gluten free and like vegan bakeries that would he thought would be able to help me. Okay, um, yeah. And I, I wound up not having time to go to any of those places. I got my grandma something else, but I appreciated the thought. Today though, so I go in. My plan is, um, I, what I really want is because I haven't had one of these in a long time, like a good, fresh, like big old frickin' cinnamon roll. Okay, yeah. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm off work. And that's how I want to start my day. I want to start my day with a cinnamon roll. And I did a Google search of, you know, good cinnamon rolls, St. Louis. And lo and behold, this, this place right around the corner from my house that I've been to before pops up. Yeah. And, it, and uh, not because of any claim by the business, in fairness. And I figure, like, it's a bakery. They don't just have a you know, standard menu online so yeah. to look at. But I saw a Google review with a comment talking about how good the cinnamon rolls were. <laughs> okay. So and so good. That, would lead, that would lead one to think that they sell cinnamon rolls at this establishment, right? 
I I would I would very very easily jump to that conclusion. Okay, you think how I could get there at least, whether or not I'm right, and also just the fact that it's a bakery. <laughs> That's the, the the place that you buy a cinnamon roll, correct? Yeah, yeah. I I would expect a bakery. Do you go to an auto body shop to buy a cinnamon roll? No, but if they had one, I'd be very interested to try it. Do you go to a burger joint, ideally to buy a cinnamon roll? I will plead the fifth there. Do you go to a public library and buy a cinnamon roll? No, that's ridiculous. Of course. Where you go to buy a cinnamon roll, it, a bakery would seem like the top choice, right? I would You assume. can see why someone would think that a bakery would have a cinnamon roll, right? I can get there. I can get there. Okay. So I walk over this morning. And um, I put the coffee on, but I haven't drank any yet. I'll fully admit that. So I walk over, and I walk in, and I look in the little, um, I, I kind of glance in the little glass case, mm -hmm. and I saw what was there, And um, but I know that's not it. They also have like a, like a refrigerator behind them and, and some other room that, and I don't see one. And so I, I asked the gal working up front, like, do you have cinnamon rolls today? All she had to say was no. Yeah. That wasn't the problem. Oh, no. The fucking sass that this lady gave me in the sh this short amount of time, she goes, uh, no. Like, I had two fucking heads. Like, I came in and I asked for a goddamn oil change. That's how this lady talked to me. How dare? How like, dare how, you? Like, how, could, how hard is it to just say no? No, sir, we don't. You don't even have to call me sir. Yeah. You can call me pal. You can even be a little bit passive aggressive about it. Like, but all she has to yeah. say was, no, we don't have yeah. cinnamon rolls. But, uh, no? Are right. you fucking kidding me? Like, is that unreasonable for it, me to think that there might be a cinnamon roll in this fucking place that sells all kinds of fucking baked goods? The, the, uh, no has, like, the cadence of, like, you're asking for something so hyper-specific that why the fuck would they ever carry that? Like, if you're asking for, like, fresh-made Twinkies, uh, okay. no? Yeah. Like that that's the kind of level that you give that response like that not cinnamon rolls, which are from what I understand, pretty fucking standard. Hell, I think yeah. the grocery store that was out of everything today even had cinnamon rolls. Like that's not right. an unreasonable request. Right. And I could have gone to the grocery store. Yeah. But I wanted to go to a bakery. Yeah, you wanted to support like local fresh cinnamon roll. Yeah. yeah. Now, for full context, I didn't get any sass in any other part of this interaction. They had a ton of good stuff, and I wound up buying um, uh, some uh, like homemade oatmeal cream pies and Ooh. some blondies. Yeah. And they were delicious, as is everything I've ever had from there. Delicious. <laughs> and I will go back and continue to patronize this place. But they yet, patronized so, you. And yet, yes, exactly. They, <laughs> I, this rubbed me so much the wrong way. Um, am I the Grinch for getting this irritated by that interaction? I don't think so. I... I think if anything, you were a saint for, for taking it on the chin and not like unleashing what was obviously festering in you since 8 a.m. this morning. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying I'm not the Grinch. I, th I think um, I think we're both good people today for the actions we didn't do. In, in 2023, uh, maybe one of my New Year's goals would be uh, uh, therapy. But um, uh, I, th I think a more reasonable goal is that that bakery becomes a sponsor for this show. 
Or they start selling fucking cinnamon rolls. Was it just like a one-time thing, maybe? I need I need you to go up to that Google review and just like comment back like, where the fuck did you get a cinnamon roll from? <laughs> like, I think the real Grinch is that guy for lying to us. That's that's quite possible. To piss me off specifically. Yes. It's one of my worst enemies out there. Um anyway. Yeah, boy, I got fired up in that segment. All right, so um, if any of you all have any <laughs> thoughts about uh, whether you agree, disagree, whether you think we actually were or we're not the Grinch here, uh, feel free to reach out at here's a mailbox at gmail.com. Or if you have a situation where you want us to evaluate if you were the Grinch, we'd be more than happy to. So um, with that out of the way, let's turn to a much happier t- um, um, topic. Um, speaking of here's a mailbox at gmail.com, we got a listener email this week. It's from a friend of the show, Laura, who loves to email us and talk about, um, in particular, Stephanie Maddow. Um, if you remember, we, we've gotten a couple emails from her in the past, um, uh, from a 90 day fiance. Um, I think that's what it was. Those shows all run together Yeah, from 90 day fiance. Um, Originally talked about her, she was um, uh, hospitalized herself because she was selling her farts in a jar, um, and uh, her diet put her in the hospital. Um, she had another exploit a couple months ago, and I, off the top of my head, I actually don't remember what it was. Um, but Laura has once again reached out and provided us with yet another uh, Stephanie Maddow update. And I regret to tell you, Jack John, that um, Stephanie has... Um, well, uh, she is backslid. She's back to selling her farts in a jar. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't like the idea of a backslide into a fart. It just, it gives me the idea that like this jar has like a streak in it. Ugh. God, <laughs> don't say streak <laughs> in the in this context. I don't like it. Uh. But this time, uh, they they're they're more festive with it. Oh, in particular. Um, Stephanie has actually joined forces with another former cast member, Tanya Maduro, um, and they are selling fart jar ornaments for your Christmas tree. So, um, if you, if you're interested in a Stephanie Maddow, um, fart jar ornament, if you think that belongs on your Christmas tree. You know, if you want to make room by taking down like a beloved keepsake... (laughs) Put it by putting yeah. up um, some reality TV show ladies uh, fart. Then uh, we yeah. know just the place for you yeah. for for the closeted weirdo who isn't as closeted as they should be. Like that's you're right. Like, you, who, you should take down an ornament for that. For the man who lost custody of his children, the perfect gift for this <laughs> Christmas season. Oh, there's a lot oh, of God, sad condos good. with that on the Christmas tree, isn't there? And uh, there's in this article, they um, these two did a, a cutesy TikTok with like, you know, the TikTok font. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, shipping just in time for Christmas. Thousand dollar fart filled ornaments for your tree by Tanya and Stephanie. No, a thousand dollars. One thousand buckaroos, Jack John, for one of these two ladies farts. Actually, I don't know. Do I don't know whether you get like just one of theirs and you get to pick. Is that like a like a make... mixed candle? Like you like you burn yeah, the wick they... and halfway through it switches? Are they intermingling? Uh I do 
love the idea, though, that somebody absolutely missed rent this month because they bought this. <laughs> to me, I was to me, the problem. I, there's not <laughs> a, there's not a problem. There are, are a myriad of problems. Yes. But among them is like. To treat this as a keepsake that's going to go up on <laughs> on the tree. I think Stephanie and Tanya are. Sort of missing the point of why people are buying these things. It's not to look yeah. at. It's too um, open and smell while they yeah. uh, presumably while they jack off. Yeah. And I so I think unless <laughs> you just want an ornament on your tree that is a jar that used to have a fart in it, yeah. then uh, this probably is not going to be something that these people go for. Uh, oh, is that tinsel on the tree? No, that's my cum. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Almost this got is... Alex with the spit take there. I tried to time it. We're off to a real uh, here's a guy Christmas start. We've gotten angry. <laughs> uh, we've gotten gross. We started What's angry like? and then we masturbated on the Christmas tree. I think I think this is truly a holiday to remember. Yeah, don't say we. I don't like being implicated <laughs> in this. Um, so thanks, Laura, for that update. And uh, uh, next time Stephanie Matto is in the news, please send yeah. it our way. I I do want to make a quick quick. Uh, plug. We I was in my Twitch stream last night, and you you came in, and you were like, "Oh, like Sarah's with me," and I was like, "Oh, tell her I said hi, even though she doesn't know who I am." And you're like, "Oh no, she knows who you are." And my first response was, "Oh God, there are people who only know me through this podcast. What kind of monster do they think I am?" And the last con, like the last conversation, really in context, lays out that I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So what that was, we popped in briefly, um, because. Sir asked, like, is, um, does Jack John still stream? I, I don't remember where that, that came from. I think maybe she saw a, a Twitch notification on my phone or something, but we pulled up the stream briefly. We were watching a Garfield Christmas special. And, um, so we had it up for a few minutes. And, uh, um, when you said, um, when you s said that Sarah doesn't know who you are, her exact comment was, I know who you are <laughs> in that tone. So. I, I know who this sick fuck is. Um, so yeah, your 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 concerns may be on point there. Yeah, um, got got to work on that. Twenty twenty three, Jack John is is gonna aim to be less gross, but probably will be more gross. Why quit now? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna have a kid on the yeah, way. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have gross kid stories. I can't wait. Oh my god, kids are so fucking gross. They're the fucking grossest. <laughs> and yeah. So um, before we get to our guys for this week, I had one more thing, which is um. I have a bit of a policy that um, I say a policy that I think this is only the second time it's ever happened. But um, when somebody who I have on my list for a potential topic to discuss on the show dies before I get to them, I give them an in memoriam. Um, if you recall, I don't even I have no recollection of which episode it was. I think it was an early one um, when I gave an in memoriam to French mathematician Jacques Tits, um, which <laughs> That pretty much was the whole joke. The dude's name was Jacques Tits. Yeah. Um, that was the last time, but uh, sad to report that I have another in memoriam to give. This time, not a person, but um, an animal topic that I had down. Um, we give a, a very sad rest in power to uh, P-22, the Puma. Um, that's the, uh, the, the name given by the... Uh, um, I can't remember if it's the state park system of California or the national park system. It was a national park system designated um, 
P twenty two. Um, these actually the son of this is like a fucking Lord of the Rings thing. P twenty two, son of P one, which was his father. It was P one. Um, was a pretty locally famous cougar who lived in Los Angeles. And no, I'm not talking about uh, uh fuck Martha Stewart. Zing. That's I, I couldn't think of many old ladies <laughs> who live in Hollywood. Um. But yeah, lived in the Hollywood Hills and uh, occasionally encountered people. Um, was pretty well known locally. Um, beat a nasty case of mange several years ago. Um, is suspected to have killed the koala in the Los Angeles Zoo. Oh no! <laughs> in 2016, and uh, a few months ago, made headlines for um, um, eating some lady's small dog while she had it out for a walk. <laughs> so all it did was like be a cougar and be cute and uh, just terrorize rich people. Yeah. Which we fully appreciate. Absolute hero. Um, was, was pretty old by cougar standards was 12, which is older than most of them live. Yeah. Had some other health issues, uh, suffered injuries after being hit by a car and had to be. Oh, no. So, um, they really got to stop letting that cougar get out. It's getting into some shit. <laughs> So that's our um, our rest in power to P twenty two the cougar and um, you know so long farewell good kitty. So with that uh, somber note, um, we need to talk about our guys, Jack John. I know yeah. we're we're down one person this week, but but we got a soldier on. Um, could you help me out, please? Yeah, I think I remember it. It's the the guys. Thank you. Um, and, uh, now that you got your vocal cords warmed up, I believe you're up first this week. Yeah. Who's your guy? Uh, I'm in the holiday spirit and, and I wanted my gal to reflect that this year. Last year, I don't think I told a Christmas story or, or had any guys that kind of related to Christmas at all. So I'm making up for it this year uh, by telling a classic holiday tale from the year 2013. This classic. Is, yeah. This is a story of our gal, Helen Williams. I will say out front, Helen is not our hero. Okay. The story is about as close to true crime shit as I'll get, and I will give the trigger warning that this does have domestic violence in it. Um, that is not funny. We will basically not try to make any jokes about that, but the situation in which it arises does happen in a almost comedic level, um, but we'll, we'll do our best. All right. Uh, Helen Williams is a uh, second grade teacher ass name. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it honestly, it was easier than I thought it would be to find articles about Helen Williams because of the very specific keywords that I could tag onto it while researching this. I have no idea what this story is, so I'm excited to find out. This is one of those stories where our gal Helen didn't really do anything to make her stand out for most of her life. I wasn't able to find any education history. There's no source of some tragic moment in her life that led her to the day of the incident. Uh, and this is a rather short story that made headlines and spread rapidly uh, in 2013, which is how I came about this, is when researching other notable things. This incident doesn't have the usual amount of twists and turns that you might expect from Here's a Gut, but I was captivated by the story, and I think you will be too. Mm-hmm. Our story begins on Christmas Eve in 2013. Nestled into their home in North Charleston, South Carolina, we find our gal Helen and her husband. I wasn't able to find the husband's name, and I think that's due to just legal reasons of releasing his name. Um, mm -hmm. I tried, and without that's like trying to go super, 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 super criminal deep into it, I could not find his name. 
That's a good sign. Yeah. Um, I read over 10 to 15 articles about this, and everyone referred to him as her husband. They were never officially married, though, uh, but rather had a common law marriage. And it adds nothing to the story other than to say that about half the articles I found mentioned that they did have a common law marriage. So just a little fun fact there. That's, um, I, I guess that's a fun fact. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's just a kind of a neutral fact. Yeah. It, it, it is, kind of is, it is what it is. It is a fact. It is indeed a fact <laughs> about this individual. Yeah. It was a chilly Christmas Eve on Clifton Street, or at least for South Carolina metrics, uh, coming down to around 40 degrees uh, during the night when this happened. So this is, these are South Carolina folks we're talking about. Yeah, so they probably had their winter jackets on for 40, honestly. Well, and also, like, the the, the concerning signs are starting to add up in this story already. <laughs> we we have... Not being able to release the name of the husband, the South Carolina aspect of it, the trigger warning... I, I'm starting to feel like we're in for some shit, Jack. Yeah. Helen and her husband were talking and decided they needed some beer to really bring the holiday cheer in for the night. I can sympathize with that feeling. Her husband obliged and trekked out into the dark and cold night and searched for some real Yuletide. Like out in the fucking woods? Um, it, Is there a beer tree that we don't know about? If so, I'll take it back everything I said about South if, Carolina. If there is a beer tree, it exists in South Carolina. A little while later, her husband returned empty-handed. When he got to the store, it had sadly been closed. It's Christmas Eve, after all, and all the shops are closed. They, they severely overestimated <laughs> how depressing yeah. the world is. Yeah. I think, for, like, I couldn't find an exact time, but this is probably around, like, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So, like, very obviously shit's close. Her husband didn't seem to mind the injustice of people being home with their families for the holidays, and he went about the situation the very normal way any man would. Mm -hmm. He went into the kitchen and decided to make himself a sandwich. Yeah, this is um, this is some like Simpsons shit <laughs> so far. I assume we take a turn at some point, but Helen, on the other hand, was incensed by such an idea. Hmm. Whether it was due to the lack of promised beer or just one too many things gone wrong in the relationship. Or maybe her husband started making the world's worst sandwich. We don't really know what made Ellen, Helen snap, but she did. So Helen was this upset by the liquor store being closed at damn near midnight on Christmas Eve. Is the twist in this story going to be that Helen was um, one of these scary old women who was like, <laughs> licking the doors of shops during the pandemic because <laughs> she was upset that they wouldn't open. She, um, she's the, I can't remember the NBA player's name, uh, who mocked COVID and then coughed into the mic only to later have COVID oh. like two hours later. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yes. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. was one of the, the most historically significant yeah. points of, of the COVID pandemic the guy, was Rudy Gobert. The yeah. guy who shut down the NBA that year. Well, Helen grabbed an item from the mantle in the living room, a ceramic squirrel, and began to walk into the kitchen. Oh, no, not the squirrel. Anything but the squirrel. <laughs> Helen confronted her beerless husband and struck him in the head with the ceramic squirrel. Yeah. The first blow to the gun. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it is. Domestic violence is not funny. Right. Even when it's using an item that is in and of itself funny. 
the first we should clarify. Yes, yes, it is. And and, and I'll talk about this briefly. Like the headlines kind of this like ran because of the situation. The situation itself is not funny. It is unfortunately that like the clue level of like Helen in the kitchen with the ceramic squirrel. Right. Is the joke. But the actual violence itself is not. Yeah, that I will admit that is closer to being funny. But yes. Yeah, right. We're, We're attaching our disclaimer. Yes. The first blow to the head opened up a wound that caused the man to start bleeding, but miraculously, he was able to stay in his ground. This didn't stop Helen, though, who would take the now damaged squirrel and attack again, this time stabbing her husband in the shoulder with the sharp end of the broken squirrel, and then once more again in the chest, three times total. Stabbing someone with a squirrel, not something that I ever would have considered to be possible. Her husband would make a break for it finally, fleeing the house and taking sanctuary in a nearby neighbor's house. Did he bring the sandwich with him? <laughs> it, it's funny. So there was only one source that I found that said that he was making a sandwich. And it is the most comically over-the-top video on YouTube. <laughs> where it is like CGI, like, reenactment. And he's like making a really bad CGI sandwich. But that's the only source I found that said he was making a sandwich, so I kept it in. Does, does it look like what um, Plankton's computer wife serves him? It, it looks like a digital copy of a sandwich. It's like really, really like it's one of those things where the assets for the sandwich are very much independently made and it's not an actual sandwich. And it looks like do you there's an old like show. I think it was on like the WB. Um, is it Reboot? I think it's like I think it's called Reboot, where it's just like very, very early 2000s animation where it's just like almost uncanny valley. Like no human has ever thought this looked like anything. Mm. I'll, have to, I'll have to send you I'll have to send you the uh, the video. It's a minute long, but it's the most hilariously animated sandwich I've ever seen. <laughs> but anyways. Helen remained in the house, surely thinking to herself that the incident was over and that this would be the last she would ever hear of it. Well, yeah. Like any sane person would do who just who had just survived a squirrel assault, uh, her husband had called the cops while he was at the house. Yeah. They would arrive shortly after midnight to the scene of the crime where Helen would answer the door. Upon questioned, Helen told the police that her husband simply fell down and that she had nothing to do with the incident. Right. She she used bloody fucking squirrel. Two problems come with this story. Oh, no. One. I didn't, I didn't want to hold that thought. I, it was it was too soon for me to tell you because it was the next notes in my in my line. Uh, number one, though, Helen had wounds on her hand that matched the struggle of the incident, uh, noting cuts uh, on herself um, due to the uh, the attack. And more importantly, number two, Helen was still covered in her husband's blood from the attack. Yeah, so. Again, not to get all like lawyery on everybody, but in the the criminal defense world, <laughs> these are what we call bad facts. Yeah. She would quickly backtrack her story and later tell police that the attack was due to the lack of beer that her husband had brought home, citing the trip to the store previously. Helen was promptly arrested and within a few days the story caught fire. First appearing in The Post and Courier, a local paper with the title North Charleston woman accused of stabbing man with ceramic squirrel. Mm -hmm. The story spread all over the internet shortly after. 
getting picked up by larger news outlets than other online sites like NerdBot and Complex, who ran with the beautiful article titled, Follow Your Wife's Instructions or Get Stabbed. With a squirrel. Like, they didn't even mention, like, in, like, the title, like, the squirrel. They were just like, crazy woman be stabbing. Oh, my God. That's that's a classic example of Barry in the lead. Yes. Somehow. This would not be the craziest story involving Helen. Oh, really? Much like guys and gals before, I found Helen because of one story. And while researching, I found another. If her rap sheet is to be believed, Helen is quite the character. Now, I don't want to go into an itemized arrest record and rag on Helen. As many are aware, criminal issues are not always black and white, and I don't feel comfortable just running down her rap sheet and making jokes about it. With that said, I don't think we can truly talk about our gal Helen Williams without covering her second story. Our original story took place in 2013, and after Helen was convicted of second-degree assault and battery, she was a free woman afterwards. Well, in 2017, Helen got herself into another little spat. She was with her new boyfriend when another argument took place. Her new boyfriend, whose name I was actually able to find this time, Billy Vaughn, didn't seem to mind her past involving stabbing loved ones. Well, another argument would arise, and Helen and her lover, this time, they wouldn't be at home, but would still run into a very, very serious issue. This time, rather than the home, however, though, they would be in a rented U-Haul truck. During the argument, Billy would get out of the truck in the parking lot of the Northwoods Mall and begin to leave the area, either to go to another car or maybe to see if the mall had anything good in the food court. Sadly, we won't know Billy's motives, though, as shortly after getting out of the car, Helen would put the U-Haul in drive and run over Billy, killing him in the process. Okay, so... Slide over reaction, <laughs> I think. Like at least, at least run him over with something lighter than that. Like get the, you know, get the side by side or yeah. something like that. Just to just to warn him. Yeah. You know? Or or maybe don't commit a crime in a vehicle that's leased out in your name. That's another good point. Yes. Yeah. Adding. I, I don't think there's anything in the contract that's going <laughs> to save you from this. I, I've rented U-Hauls like three different times, and not once did they tell me that I couldn't use the U-Haul for any criminal activity. So that's 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 in the legal there. Show me the rule. Show me the rule. Adding one more genius idea to this very public crime, Helen then fled the scene. Well, right. In the U-Haul? In the U-Haul. The sum... Is Helen is Helen an enthusiast of Grand Theft Auto? Perhaps because <laughs> I, I I've done something very similar to this in in that uh in that game. Yeah, I, there's definitely a mission where you you take your lover to the mall and then you run them over. There's definitely a mission there. North Charleston police were able to track down Helen and the U-Haul back to Helen's mother's house, where she'd been staying uh, while she'd been getting out of prison. She admitted to running over Billy, but she claimed she didn't know that the resulting uh, running overness had killed him. Thinking she had just oh, word. hit him and left. <laughs> Which. Lady, I, you're in a U-Haul. I just thought I clipped him. I don't know. Yeah. 
she would plead guilty to the incident in 2019, the charges being fleeing the scene of an accident resulting in death. And would, and I shit you not, result in five years probation. Huh, okay. I, I'm not one for, like, overly, like, charging people, especially, you know, like, given this, like, the sense that, like, you know, um, like, there's a lot of times we, like, overpenalize people, but this, this, this person who had previously assaulted somebody and then killed somebody got probation. Now, I suspect there were probably some, probably some facts in the case that, that we don't know about. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't see how that would have been possible. But that being said, that as, as a defense attorney, that is the kind of thing where, like, if, if a prosecutor came to me with that offer, it's, it's when I was like, are you sure? <laughs> Like, are, are, are yeah. you talking about my client? <laughs> Helen? <laughs> the same Helen? Well, he Helen Williams is a very common name. Maybe there's two on the docket, and, like, one of them just, like, had weed, and the other killed a guy, and they just, like, mixed the two together. But in 2020, however, she would miss a court appearance, and police would find Helen barricaded in her own home before convincing her to come out after a standoff. Helen then would be convicted of more serious crimes. Uh, I didn't want to get too much into all of that, uh, but just know that Helen has a very interesting history with the law. Helen has some problems, it yeah. sounds like. <clears throat> the beautiful ribbon on this Christmas present is this, though. Completely unrelated, I found something truly worth its weight in gold while researching this topic. Mm -hmm. As you might have assumed, and as we've alluded to, Helen Williams is a pretty common name. Right. Not so unusual first and last name uh, could appear anywhere. And it has. As it turns out, there's a British author that I found by the name of Helen Williams. And she wrote a very interesting book all the way back in 1936. Mm -hmm. The title of that book, The Squirrel War. Uh, sometimes. See, this is the kind of thing that like... <laughs> It just enforces, it reinforces my my lack of religious beliefs, because who can design <laughs> something funnier than this world that we live in? It, it, I was so like, because Helen Williams is such a common name, I would like type in like Helen Williams squirrel into Google and like would get the results that I needed to look through. And I looked through like 10 to 15 different news articles. But then this book popped up and I'm very tempted to buy it because it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Unrelated I mean, to anything. Is. Yeah. Even independent of this other thing that happens, yeah. the Squirrel Wars. Yeah. Is it a fiction or a nonfiction? It's, it's fiction. So it's fiction. There was like a subtitle on it. It was like The Squirrel World, The Battle for the Dollhouse. The Battle for. Oh, it has a, it has a tagline. It had Another a tagline. It was like Battle for the Dollhouse. I'll have to like also send you the link where you can buy this really shitty British book. Oh, sorry. The Fight for the Doll's House is what it is. Um, but it, an incredible find. Um, Helen Williams took me on so many different twists and turns than I thought she would. That is, in fact, a real roller coaster, Jack. You're yeah. correct. Uh, that brings me to my big question. Uh, what beer do you think Helen wanted on Christmas Eve? Knowing what I know about Helen, I mean, you know, let's just get this out of the way. We're not talking anything like craft. Oh, no. <laughs> anything. In fact, like, 
I, I don't even think she's going for like the Bud Light. <laughs> um, man, I, I I'm going with like either like I'm going with like a Bud Ice. Oh God, real alarming like that, or like a Milwaukee's best. Yeah, somewhere like even among the lower class beers, like why would you do this to yourself? Yeah, the sort of beer that tortures you as you drink yeah. it. Good answer. I was originally thinking like PBR just for like the, the South Park joke, like I'm white trash and I'm in trouble. Yeah. But but now that you say that, she definitely sent her husband down to like the gas station to get some Colt 45s. Oh, yeah. They, they were they were looking to get malt liquor. Like, abs- <laughs> you're 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 right there. You're right on the head. There, it wasn't beer. It was malt liquor. Would not, yeah. It's like the kind of something that you drink where people like, yeah, can just tell that you have several problems in yeah. your life that really need fixed. Like, there, there's only two people that drink Colt 45. It, it's hipsters and and Helen Williams. The kind of beer that you start drinking at 11 p.m. You know? <laughs> You're like, look, I my buzz is wearing off. I need to catch back up to drunk. All right, thank you for that, Jack John. Um, and for our second and final topic this week, uh, my guy is Ivan T. Sanderson. We're venturing once again back into the realm of uh, science guys. Ivan, though, he really isn't a mad scientist so much as he is a kook, which is just as fun, <laughs> just in a different way. Ivan was among... Well, among other things, he was one of the last of the archetype of the world explorer of the exotic that was popular in the late 19th and early 20th century. And in his travels and his studies, he developed some really strange ideas that were were mostly, if not entirely, bullshit, but are fun nonetheless. So Ivan was born in 1911 in Scotland, which, and I may be wrong on this, we need to consult Pookie, our our resident historian, (laughs) Is this our first Scottish guy we've ever had on the show? I think so, because I'm trying to picture Cody doing an, yeah. a Scottish accent immediately afterwards, and it's not coming to me. Yeah, that's that would be a guarantee that if we yeah. if we did, um, especially like he does that accent on the stream all the time, too. It's right. On his mind. Right. So I don't know how it's possible, but I think this is our first Scottish guy. So Ivan's father was a whiskey manufacturer by trade. But in his spare time, uh, he was a bit of a world explorer himself. That hobby would prove unfortunate when in 1925, while filming a documentary in Kenya, he was gored to death by a rhinoceros. Jesus Christ. So let me just say, that's no small feat to get killed by a rhinoceros. Like, yeah, they're huge and they're dangerous, yeah. but like rhinoceroses, rhinoceri, rhinoceri, I think it's rhinoceri. Rhinoceri are low-key useless. They can't see fucking worth a shit. Well, there's not very many of them. <laughs> that and the specification that he was gored to death and not trampled is just a special yeah. level of brutality. It, it, it is exactly, I'm sure, what you picture it as. Yeah. Like, you got to get, like, right up on that thing. Yeah. To, to, to even notice that you're... To there. let it, like, head... Essentially, like, headbutting you, like, that hard. I'm just imagining him just, like, being impaled now on top of the rhino's horn. Which, if you're fucking around with, like... Wildlife rhinos, you deserve it, honestly. Yeah, that that you kind of you kind of get what you get there. Yeah. As tragic as this was for young Ivan, it did not deter his interest in nature, animals, and science. He's in the locale, like that's fucking rad. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. 
He attended Eton College in England for a year, then embarked on a year-long expedition to Asia. And when he returned, he attended Cambridge, and he graduated with a degree in zoology. So Ivan was unquestionably highly intelligent. Um, that will become harder and harder to believe as the story goes on, but he was. <laughs> At one point, this kid had a bright future. Intellect was not his issue, and frankly, and this is like my working theory I, I've been kind of developing over the last couple years, like, like intellect, it's really not the issue for most people who believe goofy stuff. Yeah. Ivan's problem is that he had a huge imagination and he was very, very gullible. Mm. Case in point. His first experience with the quote-unquote unexplained came in 1932 when he and a friend claimed to have encountered an Olatau in the wilderness of Kenya. Olatau were unnaturally large bats that had been part of local tribal folklore for some time. The name Olatau translates closely to demon in the local language, <laughs> and masks portraying the Olatau were part of tribal rituals. Now, um, would you like to guess, Jack, what Ivan was doing in the Kenyan wilderness when he said he saw the Olatau? I'm going to guess he's, he was doing what Aaron Rodgers has been doing in South America. <laughs> um, maybe... Maybe even stupider than that. Oh, no. What he was doing when he saw this giant bat, he was, um, well, he was hunting for giant bats. <laughs> <clears throat> Specifically, he was hunting hammerheaded bats, um, an elusive, pretty horrid-looking uh, species of bat that grows larger than any other bat species in Africa, up to a three-foot wingspan. Christ. A, a, an animal that is very much real. That sounds terrifying. Um, well, yes, and in fact, their terrifying uh, appearance is reflected in their scientific name, Hypsignathus monstrosus. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a nice thing to call something. Like, so, we have, like, the blobfish and things that just, like, are objectively, like, horrifying to look at. Imagine having, like, the genus of monstrosus. My God. I love when a, when a scientific animal name, you look at it and without knowing anything else, you can tell this thing is just an, a fucking abomination of nature. I'm also just picturing, like, Golbat from Pokemon, and I'm just going to keep picturing that for the rest of the story. And I will say, um, and, and Jack, I don't know what your thought is on this, but Cody and I and the Turpin family are very much pro-bat. Yeah. Bats are very useful creatures, and they're cool. Yeah. I Like, bats and spiders, like, they serve a purpose, and that's to, like, eat the shit right. that I don't want in my house. Like, very coexisting relationship. But a hammer-headed bat, it's a huge bat with um, a face that looks like a horse. I mean, they're, they're horrible-looking creatures. So Ivan and his buddy are out in the jungle. It's nighttime, and they say they're frightened by a bat the size of an eagle, which... By the way, not that much larger than three feet, I should say, an eagle's wingspan. Yeah. They're terrified by this three-foot, or this eagle-sized bat swooping at them. They pop off a few shots at it, but to no avail as it flies back into the wilderness. Fuck these guys. From that interaction alone, they conclude that this must have been the fabled demon bat, the Olatau. Of course, of course. Ivan's fascination in mysterious creatures would expand after this. And in his writings, he's the first to coin the name of the new subculture that he's created, cryptozoology. Ah. So, two things here. First of all, I, I noticed that every time I talk about a cryptozoology guy on here, one of you two cancels last minute. 
Um, <laughs> oh yeah, because you guys all. talked about Bigfoot's dick when I was gone last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, check out episode fifteen, Jigsaw Radio, for uh, me literally talking about Bigfoot's dick. Um, <laughs> it's it's the, the it's the joke where it's like if I had a nickel for every time that happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. The second thing, I just want you all to keep in mind that the founding of cryptozoology Mm -hmm. came from an incident where some Cambridge science nerd encountered a rather large specimen of a very real animal that he was in the jungle specifically to hunt, and he was a huge pussy about it. Because, like, (laughs) this was so obviously just a big one of these bats that he was looking for. (laughs) Am I wrong about this? Yeah, this is... This is... This is fuck around and find out territory. And he found out and then just denied that he found out. Like, I understand that being a a cryptid enthusiast. And I I will I will say I I find cryptozoology interesting, not in the sense that I think any of it's real. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. The abstract. But I understand, like, being someone who believes in all this, like it requires being more credulous than most. But is that really all it took (laughs) for this to start? Was that it? Yeah. I I also love that you said that he like took a couple pot shots at it. That this massive like three foot animal was somehow too elusive to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like zero out that of is ten. An interesting contradiction. Zero out of ten massive pussy here. Uh no bitches confirmed. Throughout the rest of the thirties, uh he keeps exploring the world and splits his time between publishing serious scientific studies um, and rather purple accounts of his travels in pop magazines of the era. His scientific bona fides were totally genuine, but his passion seemed to lie more with being an entertaining pop culture figure. Right. In World War II, he joined the good old cause, working for British British naval intelligence and running their counter-espionage program against the Germans in the Caribbean. Well, shit, good on him. That's more than I expected for some reason. Yeah. But also worth saying... Oh, no. ...that a founding figure in the modern paranormal community was such a master in the art of bullshit that he was trusted by the Allied powers to run a disinfo program should perhaps be a lesson for paranormal enthusiasts. Yeah. But, alas, learning things is antithetical uh, to their whole deal. So. <laughs> After the war, Ivan moves to America and transitions to being a figure on early television nature programs. In fact, he hosted a rather significant TV show called The World is Yours. That was actually the first regularly scheduled color television series. Oh, shit. The World is Yours debuted in June 26 of 1951. And unfortunately, it would prove to be too uh, groundbreaking for its own good. See, in 1951, barely anyone had a color television set. Um, the show was incompatible with existing black and white TVs. Oh, my God. Uh, meaning that nobody could actually watch the show. Um, and it was discontinued three months later in September. <clears throat> oh, that is. Oh, that's beautiful. That's unfortunate. That's this poor guy. Hmm. But he would also make frequent appearances on other TV shows, usually showing off live exotic animals for audiences and, and explaining things about them. Um, the audiences at that time weren't used to seeing anything like that. <clears throat> at that point, Ivan didn't actually own any exotic animals himself. He would just like rent or borrow them from the zoo and go appear on TV with them. Okay. So it sounds like 
like one of the worst possible ideas on the face of the earth, but it, somehow it never went wrong. The only reason that I could ever wish to live in an era before my own, like, is because you could just get away with whatever the fuck you wanted if you were just a white dude. Hey, let me rent these animals and then just go profit off them. Okay, here you go. Like, yeah. You could just yeah, fucking do anything, man. Great argument against libertarianism. <laughs> um, you kind of want regulations like against people being able to just do stuff like this. Yeah. In 1950, Ivan meets a young nature enthusiast named Eddie Schoenberger. Eddie impresses Ivan enough that he takes him under his wing and makes him his assistant. Eddie sees Ivan's business model and suggests something. Ivan, rather than renting these animals for all these one-time TV appearances, wouldn't it make more sense to actually, I don't know, buy some animals and mm. put them on display someplace and charge people to come look at them? Oh. You know, like a zoo? Mm. Mm -hmm. Ivan decides, well, that's a great idea. <laughs> And in 1952, he purchases this lovely tract of historic land in rural New Jersey. Um, it had a nice farmhouse, so he could actually live there and keep an eye on the animals. Um, it had a huge barn to store all the animals at night. And uh, 25 acres, so the animals could have their own exhibits and space to roam around. Okay. They just, they fucking started a zoo. If you got a dream, man, New Jersey's, New Jersey's the place for it. And I know, like, this is a low bar for Ivan, but this is, like, the closest to legitimacy that he is. Yeah, like, I, I want to poke holes in this, but he's he's doing it right, I think. Like, right. he's educated. He, he bought a substantial amount of land. It seems like he's trying to do something good, but I'm very apprehensive to say that because this yeah. is here as a guy, and I know that there's a big hammer that's about to fall. Well, and there's no, like, fucking around in the way that he built a zoo. I mean, as at least by the standards of, like, starting your own zoo. Yeah. There, there's there's nothing weird. This is the closest he gets to legitimacy. Yeah. Now, will there be some cruel irony about that? Perhaps. Because, <laughs> as you said, this is your guy. Perhaps. Instead uh, of table that thought, I'm just going to start saying perhaps. Ivan uh, amasses a collection of 200 rare animals for his zoo. And in 1954, he officially opened... Ivan Sanderson's Jungle Zoo, a bustling new roadside attraction in New Jersey. Okay. Everything was going great for Ivan, but there was one thing that he hadn't counted on. Mm-hmm. This was, apparently, the most cursed tract of land in all of New Jersey. <laughs> that's saying that's the only something. Way I, that's the only way... Yeah, imagine the ground that that covers. <laughs> There's fucking nuclear waste in this state, all over the place, and this is the most cursed... Because that's the only way that I can ex I can explain yeah. what happens here. <clears throat> In February of 1955, his barn burned down, taking with it 45 of Ivan's rarest animals. Fuck. A horrible, tragic setback, which would unfortunately be upstaged six months later in August, when massive flooding from the Delaware River as a result of Hurricane Diane would destroy the rest of the zoo. Shit. A series of events so painful that you almost do wonder if it was a result of some stupid supernatural shit Ivan did in some far-flung part of the world. Like, having your barn burned down and then a flood is just, like, so close to just, like, 
being poetic, but not quite there. And then you just put it in New Jersey and you have it happen to this guy. And it's just like, yeah, it's got to be cursed. It's got to be cursed. I guess you know what they say. If you fire on the demon bat of Kenya, you best not miss. <laughs> so after the zoo tragedy, Ivan really focuses on his writing. And uh, in particular, he goes a lot heavier on the cryptozoology talk, which for those of you who I, I assume most of you know, but cryptozoology is the subculture where they talk about like, you know, mysterious you know, um, like unexplained creatures, yeah. like, you know, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, you're, all that kind of stuff. You're like pseudo missing link between like species kind of things. Yeah. Animals that are speculated on, but cannot be proven to exist. Yeah. Um, his favorite cryptids were lake monsters like Loch Ness Monster and its ilk. Yeah. Mokele Mbembe, which um, is a pretty well-known African cryptid. Um, supposedly lives in the jungles and rivers of Africa and is like a um, the, the speculation is that it's like a dinosaur that is somehow still around. Yeah. And the Sasquatch and Yeti family of beasts. He actually wrote one of the earliest books on the abominable snowmen. The book was called Abominable Snowmen. <laughs> I mean, it it makes sense that he would be fascinated with the Loch Ness Monster. He's from Scotland. So like. Yeah, it's not a far stretch that like he sure. would that, like that makes sense to me. His book, Abominable Snowmen, was widely panned by scientific publications <laughs> everywhere. Cancel culture strikes again. Now, now, this one is is I can't defend him here. Now, in some instances, Ivan could be skeptical. Decades prior, in 1909, there was a big wave of sightings of the Jersey Devil the weird horse-dragon-looking thing that people reported sighting in the New Jersey Pine Barrens to such a degree in 1909 that vigilante gangs of hunters scour the countryside to find and kill it. I do love that that's humans' response. Hey, there's this weird thing out there. Let's kill it! Yeah, there's this thing out there that we can't explain. It must die right this second. (laughs) For whatever reason, Ivan was totally unconvinced of this story, despite living in New Jersey and having heard all about it. He declared the famed Jersey Devil sightings in 1909 were all an elaborate hoax. Ivan, as you may guess, was completely correct about this. (laughs) Studies since have found that many of the supposed footprints were probably just ordinary horse hoof prints. Um, A local also came forward and admitted to faking um, a lot of the prints just for fun. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, furthermore, a local museum publicist and known hoaxer (laughs) named Norman Jeffries confessed to manufacturing much of the Jersey Devil hysteria to bring business to the area. This included buying a kangaroo from a circus, gluing fake wings and claws to it and turning it loose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gotta love some good old fashioned turn of the 20th century New Jersey shenanigans. Every everything about that is is beautiful to me for the like the start known hoaxer i want that just to be my nickname um it's it sounds beautiful to to the people being just really oh yeah no, i was fucking with you i just bought a kangaroo and i just stapled some fucking wings to it like heat comedy i it's 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 in new jersey it's like about <laughs> as americana as it gets like i want there to be a fucking bruce springsteen song about this <laughs> Oh, my God. So Ivan was on point with that story. 
but he had a lot of other kooky ideas nonetheless. And there are two that really stick out above the rest. One is what he called the vile vortex theory. Oh. And Jack John, I know you're just dying to find out about the vile vortex theory. I I have some I have some interest. Yeah, let's let's hear about it. Yeah. So this one actually came about when Ivan became enamored with two different mysterious stories. One, the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. I assume we're all familiar with. It's an area in the Caribbean where there are supposedly a lot of um, odd, a lot of odd like like ship and plane disappearances yeah. and weird radioactivity. Probably actual sirens, but yeah, let's, let's right. yeah. And there's also the Devil's Sea, which is basically like the Bermuda Triangle, except it's off the coast of Japan. Now, see, it's I, same concept. I thought the Devil's Sea was what we called Cody's ass. Oh boy, gonna take a drink to that. <laughs> I can't wait for him to listen to the uh, podcast and then text me. I can't wait. Ivan's mind is a uh, fascinating place. His version of getting to the bottom of it was looking at these two locations on a map, just drawing a line between the two, (laughs) taking note of the degrees between the two, and then drawing lines of the same distance in like a lattice pattern across the rest of the map. Uh, settling on 12 points across the globe. You know, what, what's really fascinating is when I take this point here, and then I take this point here, and then I draw a line up and then over, and then I draw a Pikachu, and then I take the part of that Pikachu and draw it back over here. Oh my god, it's on my farm. I've, uh, yeah, I've heard people on meth come up with more coherent <laughs> theories. On each of these 12 points... He researched and he found that in that area were tales of strange occurrences, disappearances, or weird ruins. From there, this grew into his theory that each of these locations is a vile vortex, a place on the earth where these things happen, these kind of weird, unexplained phenomenon. As for the reasoning for why these vortices exist, Ivan gave a number of possibilities. They could be wrinkles in space time, they could be weird. Um, like weird magnetic fields, which actually, for one of them, actually wound up being true. Um, could it be extraterrestrial activity? Could it be a mysterious underwater civilization? Ooh. Actual scientists weren't big fans of this idea. <laughs> and, um, Ivan's just there, like, doing a bunch of blow, and he's like, we haven't seen the bottom of the ocean. What about there? Huh? 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 Fucking fish people, man. Like, he literally has become, like, and not not to go back to the well of the Charlie Kelly thing two episodes <laughs> in a row, but like the the conspiracy theorist just like drawing lines yeah. with yarn all over the place. He it sounds like he's casting so many arrows that he's bound to hit something once to prove all of the other arrows that he missed. Yeah. So here I think is the reality of this theory. And I know this is like pretty low-hanging fruit, but I'm gonna dissect this. Okay. If you put a pin in pretty much any location on the Earth, you can find stories of weird disappearances or odd sightings. Yeah. There's nothing special in this way (laughs) about these 12 spots. Um, With respect to the places on land with old ruins, those kinds of things exist all over the damn place. Yeah. And anytime there's a mysterious old structure, stories and legends pop up about them. That's just what people do. Yeah. It's my my interesting bullshit concept that I've I've put out on this show yeah. before. It if you if you put like 
go out into your neighborhood and just put a post in the dirt that's six feet tall. If you wait a week, Christians are going to tell you it's either the coming of Jesus or the coming of the devil. Just just wait. And as for the places in the ocean where planes and ships lose contact and disappear, that's a fucking ocean. It's terrifying. <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, like that's why I've I've never been impressed with the Bermuda Triangle as a story. Yeah. Like, oh, you're telling me there's a place in like a part of the ocean that is known for having horrible weather where like planes and ships lose signal and then vanish. Like, isn't that yeah. just what happens? L- look, your smooth brain just can't comprehend the idea that these space alien monsters with massive wings and the face of a bat and the hooves of an angel took Amelia Earhart and captured her because she knew too much and the deep state was in on it. No, they knew what they saw. Yeah. Um, and I'd add in particular, uh, with respect to the Devil's Sea, most of the stories about the odd nature of ship disappearances there, they wound up being totally unfounded. <laughs> like, when people dug into it, like, it was even more, like, obvious horse shit than the Bermuda Triangle. Like, there was one ship that, that was the subject of a lot of it, like, People just found a witness later who said, like, yeah, it exploded. I saw the fucking fire and smoke. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about, that it just vanished. Like, the thing fucking burst into flames. <laughs> this this miraculous, like, unproven thing. No, we hit a fucking rock, you asshole. So, not to be a party pooper, Ivan, but your vile vortex theory, <laughs> despite having an awesome name, oh, which, yeah. let me just, let me just back up for a second yeah. and... and and clarify, the name is great. Oh, yeah. You, you got me on the name. Vile Vortex is, is yeah. fantastic. Vile Vortex sounds like a more intense mosh pit. Like a circle pit on steroids. Oh, yeah. I like that. Um, but not to be a party pooper, I, I, I think <laughs> your theory is a crock, man. Sorry. So the, the other kooky theory that sticks out among the rest, and my absolute favorite, in 1948, people started finding large three-toed animal tracks in the sand of Clearwater Beach in Florida. Oh. More of these tracks started popping up 40 miles away on the banks of the Suwannee River. The tracks were quite unusual. They, they looked like some kind of waterfowl. <clears throat> in particular, they almost looked like those of a penguin. Except they were enormous. The size of the foot would indicate a creature like, I don't know, 15 feet tall or so. But nobody would ever believe in the existence of a 15-foot-tall penguin. That's absurd. Later that year, someone reported seeing a 15-foot-tall penguin wandering off in the distance. God damn it. Others claimed to have seen a huge waterfowl off the Gulf Coast floating on the water. Another sighting came near the Suwannee River, near where the tracks had been seen before. Mm Mm-hmm. And word reached our boy Ivan Sanderson. What did he think? (laughs) Well, Ivan Sanderson wasn't the father of cryptozoology because he was the sort of guy who doesn't believe in giant penguins. He totally bought it. And he wrote that it must have been a species of massive penguin that had been displaced from its natural habitat. Right. So I'll give him this much. It's true that not all species of penguin live in Antarctica. Yeah. And not everybody knows that, but that is true. There are some that live in far southern parts of Africa and South America. Yeah. So we have some problems here. Um, I, I, I sense that you have problems with it as well, Jack John. So 
just to just to confirm, um, what was the first place we saw this uh, massive footprint? Uh, Clearwater Beach, Florida. Yeah, yeah. So there's my first problem. Um, Florida. Um, yeah. Two, these footprints, to me, as as a semi-educated man, they sound like the like fins you put on when you go snorkeling. Well, that's not what they were, but I would like you to hold that thought anyway. God damn it. We do find out the truth. Oh, thank God. I, I love I love when we can get down to hard facts. So among the issues here, mm-hmm. the largest ever species of penguin, uh, the Colossus penguin, it maxed out at only six or seven feet tall, and it lived 37 million years ago. Still a big it's penguin. pretty terrifying. Yeah. It's a big fucking penguin. You're it, not wrong. It's, it's the penguin from Billy Madison. <laughs> the largest current species is the emperor penguin, which tops out at about four feet. Right. In fact, the tallest flightless bird to ever exist was the Varambe Titan, which lived in Madagascar up until the year 1000. It maxed out at about 10 feet, and it resembled more of an ostrich or an emu. Still about five so, feet short. We're stretching the limits of biological possibility here for one. Like, there's a reason why, like, like certain types of animals can only get so big. Like, yeah. There aren't bugs that are the size of people. Biologically, it's not really possible for the, that to happen. The reason that, like, Bigfoot is such, like, a fun one is because it's, like, a seven and a half foot dude. Like, it's, it's still, yeah. like, tangibly possible. Right, exactly. But simpler than that. This is supposedly a 15-foot-tall penguin shuffling down the beach. That's In the kind Florida. Of thing, that's the kind of thing where you want more info than footprints and statements from random people, especially a bunch of goddamn people from Florida. Like The people on the beach are probably drunk. The people on the river are probably on meth. Like, but if there's, there's a 15-foot penguin on the beach, it's shitting on the beach. I need to see this penguin yeah. shit. Like, oh, yeah. I never thought I'd say that sentence in my life, but I need to see what this penguin's defecation looks like. Like, have you been to the penguin house at the zoo? Oh, yeah. Like, hygienic creatures <laughs> there or not. They smell fucking horrible. It, they're cute, but they, feel, they fucking smell awful. It's it's a stale... It's a staleness in the air that you will not forget from the first time you've ever seen one. Yeah. Like, there's... There's an aura about this that I'm just failing to see here. But Ivan went to his grave believing this to be true. <laughs> taking a huge hit to his reputation in the process. And think about what that says. <laughs> the guy who wrote Abominable Snowmen, this was the big <laughs> hit to his reputation. It would be, it would only be years after Ivan's death that a woman named Jan Kirby revealed that her friends and uh, known pranksters, Tony Signorini and Al Williams had perpetrated the hoax um, she said they saw pictures of fossilized dinosaur footprints and thought it would be funny to make people think there was a giant penguin running around. Which, to be fair, they were correct. That yeah. is really funny. <laughs> like, if you're gonna make a hoax of, like, a, a, a massive, like, prehistoric-sized animal, penguin's pretty fucking funny. I can't think of a funnier animal to, like, make 15 feet. I really can't either. A huge penguin <laughs> is a hilarious image. I wish this was true. Yeah. Jan casts aside any doubt that she was telling the truth by producing the homemade iron penguin feet they'd used to make the tracks. <laughs> so they actually, they put in some effort into that. They like had to make this thing. 
So, not to speak ill of the dead, but Ivan, you really made a, a blue-footed booby yeah. of yourself on this one. Uh, quick, that's a zoology joke. That, I love that joke. Quick interjection. I think we speak ill of the dead on this show quite a bit, uh, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Fact, that's almost like all we do. Like, unless um, it's a modern story, we make fun of the dead a lot. Right. So that's the story of Ivan Sanderson and his many kooky ideas. Um, and Jack, John, I, I sent this to you earlier. Yes. In lieu of a big question, yes, I found a um, one of these online personality quizzes. Yes, this quiz is entitled "Which Cryptid Are You?" And yeah. I have not tested this this quiz, so hopefully yeah. it's not a. Hopefully we're not getting a virus. Hopefully we're yeah. not going to get a bunch of spam texts from porkfreak.co. <laughs> um, but I would like us to live on air uh, do this, yeah. and I can I, I can narrate as I can narrate as I go along. Um, I have it pulled up as well. So let's, it's it's ten questions. So yeah. the first question: What's your preferred snack? Um, let's see. Snacks. I'm on a diet: watermelon candy, dark chocolate, boba tea, chips, something I've just baked, whatever fast food I'm craving, something quick I'm in a hurry, yeah. some granola or fruit, or something sweet like cookies. Yeah. What are you going with on this one, Jack? I will make a quick interjection. I love that the answers are randomized. That was not the order that mine are in, but I love that. Uh, cool. Honestly, for me, I'm. I'm pretty classic, but I do love some of the kind of more out there questions or answers on this. Watermelon candy. Um, never heard anyone say that that's their snack. Uh, that's probably a serial killer, honestly. I think you get flagged and reported if you answer that. But I think I'm going to go with chips here just for just for the, the kind of basic. Yeah, I think among all these answers, I'm also going with chips. I'm sure we'll depart on other ones, yeah. but although watermelon candy does sound like a like a sour patch watermelon. Yeah. That's good. <clears throat> okay, so clearly this quiz must have been created in uh, the year 2020 <laughs> because question 2, how are you spending your quarantine? So options, there's a quarantine. <laughs> I'm constantly FaceTiming my friends. I'm working on projects I didn't have time for before. I'm enjoying my time alone, sleeping and snacking. I'm trying to keep a journal, baking, learning to knit, doing yoga, or I'm an essential worker, frowny face. <laughs> Um, let's see. So I'm enjoying my time alone. I, I kind of liked yeah. uh, withdrawing from the world for a little bit. Yeah. If if I'm doing this in 2020 and even a little bit now, like I've I've worked the entire uh, pandemic. I've, I've worked from home, uh, but I spent most of my new free time either on this podcast, other podcasts like Belchcast or like streaming and doing Twitch and like learning all about that. So I'm I'm working on projects I didn't have time for before. All right. Question three, what's one word you would pick to describe yourself? Oh, there's there a lot of options. Oh, my gosh. None of these. I really don't want to run through all of them, but... Um, I like I like the options. One of them is pretentious. I like haunted. <laughs> I think um, after this, I might be. I'm going to go with exhausted. Yeah. I do like exhausted. I'm going to... There's a couple options I could put. Uh, I like creative. I, I think of myself as a creative person. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I also don't think if you label yourself as the funny person, I don't think you're the funny person. So I'm not going to pick funny. Right. All right. On to question four. Choose an article of clothing. <laughs> Either comfy PJs, Doc Martens, sundress, whatever it is, it's black. Overalls, sunglasses, a T-shirt advertising for JFK is trapped in the moon dot <laughs> Jeans, sturdy denim, blue raincoat or big sweater. These are good answers. I, I like whoever wrote this. I love this. There's there's a little bit of sass in this, and it's it's 
It's endearing. I'm going to go with big sweater. I, I'm wearing an oversized hoodie right now, so I also think I have to go for big sweater. Uh, although, uh, whatever it is, it's black. Most of the t-shirts I own and sweatpants I own are black. Right, so, right. Uh, big, big love for that one. Question five. Why do you like cryptids? Do you believe they're real? <laughs> oh, my God. Really I don't really believe, but I think the paranormal is super interesting. Cryptids are real. Bigfoot sold me weed behind the 7-Eleven. <laughs> of course they're real. I am one. I'm not interested in cryptids, and I don't believe in them. I'm not sure why why I'm taking this quiz at all. <laughs> I like cryptids because I'm gay. They're not real. Or I'm interested in the unexplained phenomenons that occur in our world, things that lie outside of human perception. I believe that there's a possibility of their existence. Boy, lot, tough, tough call on this one. Lots to unpack here. Um, I think for, for my personal enjoyment, I'm going to go for cryptids are real. Bigfoot sold me weed behind 7-Eleven. I, I like where that's taking you, yeah. Yeah. I'm... I'm going to give the honest answer. I don't really believe, but I think the paranormal is, is interesting. That's That would be my honest answer. <laughs> Question six. What shampoo do you use? Options. As long as it gets the job done, I don't really care. The good shit. I care a lot about my appearance, so I go out of my way to get fancy shampoo. Something that smells good. Organic stuff. I'm trying to keep my carbon footprint small, or I don't wash my hair. <laughs> that, that one gets said a lot. Going with uh, as long as it gets, it gets the job done, I don't really care. Huh. I'm a smell good guy. I use uh, I use some that has like some tea mint, or occasionally I'll go with the uh, the coconut. I really like how coconut smells. All right. Question seven: What's your vibe? <laughs> oh boy, there's a lot of these too. Oh god! Sunlight streaming through the forest, the musical sound of running water, clean and cold air, freshly cracked glow sticks, whispers, secretive and radioactive waste, fairy lights, the late night silence when everyone is asleep, pillow forts, and knickknacks. Soft linen swaying on the clothesline, the warm sun in your face, the sound of wind chimes. Are there any other good ones? Um, yeah, just a lot of different vibes here. Yeah, honestly, um, it's a pretty extensive vibe of the people who I think would take this quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for me, I think I'm going to go with soft linen swaying on a clothesline, the warm sun on your face, and the sound of wind chimes. I don't that's think good. that's my vibe, but I kind of like that vibe. I'm going to go with... Um, Let's see. This is a hard one. Um, I'm going to go with gentle rains and a cup of tea, warm sweaters, and sprouting plants. Ooh, I do like cozy. Question eight. Where do you want to spend the day? And there are a lot of these. Um, Some of the highlights I would add. (laughs) um, Posing on gravestones with my friends at the local cemetery. Might fuck around and hang out under the overpass later. (laughs) I like that one. Um... I also like solving the Jean Benet Ramsey case for my room and staring into <laughs> flashlights. I do love that. Uh, for me personally, there's one that says the arcade. Maybe it's a little childish, but my friends and I are having so much fun. That's that's big my vibes. I kind of like the I kind of like the gravestones and overpass. One. <laughs> Never hung out under the under the overpass, but um, my friends and I would fuck around at the local cemetery sometimes. I can see you as a cemetery kid. All right, question nine. What do you think? Future waiting, and it is full of joy. It's both reckless and necessary to make the choice of choice to love. You have to grow up and change the world that broke you. Fortune favors a strange. It's important to live deliberately. I feel like I'm lingering uncomfortably in the doorway of my own life. Death is an important part of life. Homesick ghosts are keeping me awake. <laughs> it's in your best interest to find a way to be very tender, or never too much of a good thing. These are uh, Spanish love songs. <laughs> 
absolutely. Um, I'll let you pick first this time. I feel like I picked uh, first a lot. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go with you have to grow up and change the world that broke you. I'm gonna go with homesick ghosts are keeping me awake because I'm 99% sure Dan Campbell has wrote that in a Wonder Years song. <laughs> All right, question ten, and this is an open question. Ooh. What's your favorite cryptid? This won't affect your results. I'm just curious. And that's a tough call for me, but I mean, I'm gonna have to go with the classic Bigfoot. I know that's not a creative answer, but I mean, Bigfoot is the funniest out of all of them, clearly. Uh, I think I'm going to make up one and see if it starts tracking, because I'm very interested to see if I can make my own cryptid. Sure. Um, Actually, you know, I'm going to Colonel. I'm going to say giant penguin. Since like <laughs> um, I I really, really have been like doing a lot of like World War One research for this podcast. So I'm going to make my own cryptid, uh, and I'm going to go with trenchfoot, big dick, World War One monster. All right, so if let's hit next, and if this makes us take like a goddamn poll or something, I'm gonna be so upset. Okay, oh, I got mine. Do you have yours? I have mine. What's yours, Jack? I have the Loch Ness monster. All right. You've probably described yourself as cottagecore before. Your uh, or you're googling what is cottagecore and then nodding to yourself because yep, that's you. You want nothing more than a quiet, peaceful life, preferably deep in a lake. Kindness is a guiding philosophy to you. We need more people like you out there. Keep up the good work. Mine's a little insulting. <laughs> um, I got the hellhound. Um, explanation, you probably got bullied in high school for being emo, right? <laughs> it's all good, bud. I support you. Someone's got to appreciate the darker things in life. You're often spotted hanging out at the cemetery, and according to legend, if someone sees you three times, they die. Dope. <laughs> cool. So... <laughs> Thanks to whoever made this quiz. I've really learned a lot about myself. Um, the Hellhound, not a terrible nickname. I just didn't particularly enjoy the commentary. That, that was deep and like directly at you as a person. So we'll have to tweet out the link to this. And Oh, yeah. I want to hear people's results on this. If, if you want to send us our results, tweet at us or um, uh, DM us or send it to uh, here's a mailbox at gmail.com. And so with that, I think we wrap up um, our, our Christmas episode of Here's a Guy. Um, so let's uh, take things home like we always do um, by going around the horn and hawking our shit. Uh, Jack, John, do you want to start? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in the Christmas spirit. Uh, and instead of hawking my own shit, I want to shout out some homies that I think deserve some love. Um, so definitely shout out Mitch the Peach on Twitch, uh, a friend of the show, Mitch. Uh, has been streaming a lot more recently, which I always love to see. He's doing a lot of like horror games and some really cool stuff over there. Plus, his podcast uh, is always a fun listen. I'm still working my way through uh, the first couple back episodes of that. So check that out. And then also uh, shout out uh, to one of my friends, uh, Bogus Forehead on Twitch. He's a uh, music streamer, uh, has a lot of great vibes. Uh, go check those people out. They're really cool. Yeah, and on Mitch, I'll say, uh, you never know. We may have him uh, here back on the hmm. show sometime soon. I'm going to keep saying that until he actually does it. <laughs> This is us actively inviting Mitch to DM us when he's ready. All right. And um, you can also find Jack John at twitch.tv slash Jack John plays games. That is true. You um, can see the weirdo I am uh, pretty IRL. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Turpin for Prez. That's Turpin, the number four P-R-E-Z. Um, I'm not sure the timeline, but we will be getting back to doing D&D on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash here's an adventure. Be on the lookout for announcements about that. Um. And uh, also, as I've mentioned a few times in the episode, we have a mailbox. Here's a mailbox at gmail.com. Send us whatever you like. We like it enough. We'll read it on the show. 
Um, and follow the podcast Twitter account as well. It's at Here's a Guy Pod. Well, Cody's not here, so Jack John, could I trouble you to maybe take his place for wrapping up the episode? Yeah, I, I think I can figure something out. Okay. Well, you know, Cody always leaves us with a tagline, and um, you know, that's such a good way to punctuate the episode that uh um even though he's not here, I I, I think I think he would be honored and delighted um for you to to take his place so do you think you could do that for me yeah yeah all right well uh thank you all for being here hope you all have a great holiday um and we will see you next time and to bring us home jack john hit us with that tagline and remember folks never eat more than 10 quesaritas at once good night daddies